Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri, and this is episode 14 of We The Gamer Cast. It's a new podcast where I sit down each week with somebody from the community and just sort of talk about video games. My guest this week is Josh Brandt. He's a writer at PlayStation Enthusiast, and he is also a host on one of the best new podcasts I'm a subscriber to, which is called Life of Gaming Podcast. And you guys should definitely go check that thing out. It is just a blast. I was listening to it just the other day as I was uh, walking through Costco. Actually, do you? Does anybody else do this? Do you? Um, do you grocery shop while listening to podcasts or anything? I don't see a whole lot of other people with headphones when they're rolling down with their shopping cart. But um, I can't even go a single bus ride or short little drive or walk of the dogs or grocery shopping or doing the dishes or vacuuming or anything it's all podcasts all the time so i'm happy to be a new subscriber for uh, some fresh pod as they say and uh josh and his lifelong friend james do an absolutely phenomenal job have a bit of a from what i can i've only listened to a few episodes i have to admit but uh, a bit of a rotating cast but that's sort of just the life of of a 30-something, as I've definitely learned doing this podcast. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. This is just an absolute ride. I'm loving doing this podcast, and I love having you guys along. And let's just jump right into it. This is Josh Brandt from Life of Gaming Podcast and PlayStation Enthusiast. <laughs> Part of doing this one is just like learning and, and meeting so many other people across the internet that are basically doing the same thing. And with that, like I'm I'm now discovering all these podcasts and all these people who are creating content who aren't necessarily like the number one on iTunes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the quality is not there. It's just they don't have like a, a website like IGN or a community like kind of funny to to kind of push it out there. So now I'm finding all these new podcasts and your guys's is my latest sort of like new subscription that I'm going to have to get through every week, but it's been great. So tell me, tell me about it. Tell me about your podcast. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much first for having me on the show. Um, big fan. I love We The Nerdy. I check out your site all the time. Um, yeah, you guys put out good content. And like you said, it's about meeting new people in the podcast whether it's a website or whatever, just meeting new people in the video game um, medium. And for our podcast, we started it out as, you know, just me and James because we've been we've known each other since kindergarten. And now, you know, we've met so many awesome people, you know, the Geek Guru, Bobby, um, the guys over at the Warp Whistle podcast, um, just a whole bunch of different podcasts that we wouldn't would have never had the chance to be a part of. And it's all because you said, hey, we're just going to go out and start this podcast. And like I said, they're popping up everywhere. So I encourage anybody with a passion, whether it video, whether it video games, sports, movies, I mean, just whatever hobbies you have, just 
go out and try to make content for it because there are people that will consume it. As you can see from Sean and I, we just love, <laughs> we try to listen to podcasts all the time. So yeah, but for the life of gaming, that's what we started it out as is like getting to know people in the video game medium, promote their stuff, you know, and like I said, it's grown beyond that is that we get form these relationships with people that we never would have had before. And it's, it's just a really awesome thing. And on top of that, now I got the job at PS Enthusiast, PlayStationEnthusiast.com. So I've been writing reviews, um, news articles, feature articles, and things like that. So it's, I mean, it's blossomed into this whole other area of the game medium. So it's been an awesome ride. And yeah, I mean, well, I don't want that's you. About... I don't want you to get too excited too quickly because I I, I want to get to the the PlayStation Enthusiast in a little bit because i i was checking that website sure. out a little earlier this week and i'm like man this guy's got it going on he i wonder how many millions of dollars he's making i from, guess from this <laughs> podcast and from the playstation Enthusiast. i wish <laughs> but i want to go i want to go way back we're gonna go we're gonna get into some deep stuff well not really deep um so oh, you mentioned deep. i didn't know uh that you and james had known each other since kindergarten that's like out of a storybook that you guys grow up together and you've seen it all uh, by the way, I oh, want to yeah. I want to mention he's probably got one of the best laughs on the internet. <laughs> yeah, he hears <laughs> that about that a lot. Oh really? <laughs> but oh yeah, it's yeah awesome. it is one of the. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Everybody mentions it, and he gets embarrassed. But yeah, he, <laughs> that's just as you know, nervous sort of joyful laughter, I guess. So <laughs> no, it's great. but it works. Yeah, it's totally infectious. It's great. Um, so yeah, what was it like, kind of growing up with somebody that? I, I'm assuming he has loved video games his whole life, just like you. So, what was that like? Oh, man. Like having somebody just like basically at your side, like <laughs> kind of like because <laughs> well, it's not growing cool, up, growing up, it wasn't cool to be nerdy. Like at least it wasn't for me anyway. You kind of had to like not let on. Like if somebody had a Nintendo in their house, you wouldn't have to like stare at it the whole time you were there. Like yeah, I'm cool. I totally don't want to do anything but play that thing. Um, so, what was it like growing up with somebody and just having that friendship all the way along? Well, yeah, James and I were never really good at sports, <laughs> so we we had it made in that regard that we could just, hey, we have something in common, video games. Like, I would always want to go over to his house for sleepovers and things like that because he had, he always had the new systems. You know, he had the um, Super Nintendo when it came out. I was a Sega guy, so I had the Sega Genesis, but okay. he also had one of those. And, yeah, I mean, just going over there every day, I mean, trying to get over there every day pretty much. and have sleepovers and I would be up until like five or six in the morning just playing games all night that I couldn't play otherwise and yeah through the N64 I mean just throughout high school yeah we've just had this close bond and um you know when we got grew up got moved away got married and you know we just didn't have time to really hang out as much so this was just a nice way of us forming something that we could talk every week bi-weekly too you know about video games and just share our passion what we're playing you know topics that we enjoy talking about and yeah it's been a real blessing in that regard i love that so was it so you mentioned you kind of you guys grew up you got married and all that kind of stuff what was there a point where um you start to kind of like grow apart as people do as they get kind of go through their late 20s or i'm not sure where you're at uh, but you know, when you get to a certain stage in life and you're like, you can't 
hang out with your friends until five in the morning playing video games anymore. So you just sort of end up spending less time. Is that sort of what ended up happening? And now this podcast is like, at the very least, we're going to talk to each other for over an hour every other a week, every week or every other week. Right. Yeah. That's is that kind exactly of what happened, what happened. With you guys? Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah. Throughout high. I mean, like I said, throughout middle school and high school. And then once we graduated, you know, we just didn't see each other as much going through college when I still lived in northern Ohio because we both lived in well yeah mid Ohio and yeah we just uh talked you know occasionally we would see each other you know maybe once a month and then once we he got married and then I got married and then after that we just sort of split ways I moved to Arkansas to go to school for like a semester but that didn't work out so I moved back (laughs) to Ohio but we still lived about an hour away and yeah, I mean, we would see each other. It went from one month, once a month to like once or twice a year. So in that regard, it was sort of, I have all these friends that I used to have these close relationships with through kindergarten, but it's awesome because with this podcast, I can finally, you know, talk to him, like you said, weekly. And, you know, we're looking to go bi-weekly now because life is starting to ramp back up again. Mm-hmm. I'm a full-time physical therapist. So that takes a lot of time. And then um, I have a part-time job on top of that. And I have two kids. So, Holy cow. you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but we find, you know, find ways around it. So, yeah, it's just really great that, you know, and I encourage anybody, if you have friends, lifelong friends, find a way to make time for them because you don't want those special relationships to go by the wayside. Oh man, and there's no better excuse than creating really great content. And I I saw Kevin Smith at New York Comic Con a couple of years ago, and he was talking about how like his major calling, like he's made movies, obviously, but he's like he feels like his calling is is in podcasts. And he's like he mentioned in his he did a panel with the rest of the comic book guys, and uh, mentioned how he would just like sit down with his dad and basically record a podcast and it's like it's just a conversation but he's like this the whole notion of recording a conversation and having that sort of immortalized just on the internet or digitally you have that kind of like snapshot of you and somebody else and kind of what you're going through at a certain time and that notion to me really just kind of like opened my eyes that it was more than just what games are you playing this week which i love anyways but i i also kind of just love capturing the moment um my wife and i are both very much into photography and uh so I've, that sort of like translates nicely over and i just kind of like i like getting more into like a real conversation um i i kind of find even with uh even with like family or friends i haven't seen in a while you sort of like get back into you settle into basically long form chit chat and i don't know if you've ever experienced that but i sort of like like what are we what are we doing here you know are we basically like filling space or do you actually kind of like want to talk about like some substantial things here not that i always want to look for a really deep conversation but kind of more than like so what do you think about the weather or like how are the car repairs coming so (laughs) that's kind of why i've always liked podcasts people like there's something about it that make people kind of a little bit more real you get like a, a very uh boiled down view of somebody when uh when you get that format so i uh, so yeah, i love you bring your... up a... 
Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you bring up a good point about it's always going to be there. You know, it's content that you're putting out and it's always going to be online. You know, it's your life. You're talking about your life or whatever, your passions. And that's what's really cool about it. And you, you can just, like you said, with podcasting, how much we love listening to podcasts, consuming it. There's so many celebrities and, you know, people, friends we know, people we meet that, you know, we get to in-depth into their lives and it's it's a really awesome medium and yeah. Yeah, so that's a really good, you, you bring up a good point that, you know, you have kind of like these, um, I'm almost embarrassed to say you have like these relationships with other, you know, content creators out there because you right. are sort of like, you know, you don't actually speak back, maybe some people do, but you don't actually like respond to questions or to comments made in a podcast but you're thinking like what would i say if i was in this conversation so you're kind of like inserting yourself into the podcast and that's always been like my the notion for me of why i wanted to do the podcast in this form is um you know i I generally have been talking to people with their own podcasts but i'm really excited to talk to anyone who has just sort of thought of it maybe they don't know anybody who is also wanting to do a podcast like for me the other part is um finding somebody who will commit to the regularity of it because that's really the key part is being able to do a podcast at kind of at minimum like at least a regular schedule whether it's a week or every two weeks or even once a month um having that schedule locked down is is tough so i've basically kind of just i'm going on my own and i'll try and find guests along the way (laughs) um but more back to the point about having that kind of like relationship with podcasters who who kind of like started it for you? Like, where did you kind of fall in love with podcasting? Oh man, let's see. Well, James, um, oh, nice. I worked with him. Yeah, a little bit out of college. I we worked at like this ham radio place, which you don't hear about. <laughs> there was only like one or two in the whole U.S. But yeah, he was actually. I was listening to music as we. It was a, an assembly line type of job, so I was listening to music, and he was listening to podcasts. I'm like huh, that just, you know, that sounds sort of boring, you know, just listening to talk radio. But then when I started (laughs) listening, you know, he was listening to video game, like the IGN podcast. And I started listening. I'm like, man, this is, this is good stuff. So I start, I mean, I got into all this stuff and yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been really awesome in that regard. And like I said, I've been looking like the kind of funny guys, Greg and Colin, I love what they do. And even, you know, like people we just meet online and this, yeah, the the amount of content you can get from certain Facebook groups. Like that's how I heard, that's how I heard about you at We the Nerdy and this podcast in particular. And yeah, I mean, I'm always up for hearing about and learning about new podcasts and other awesome material that's out there. Yeah. And for me, it was sort of like when I think it was iOS 6 that made you have a standalone podcast app like before it was it was built into the music app and it was kind of like a pain in the butt way back in the well back in the day it was probably like five years ago really where you would actually have to subscribe on itunes on your computer and then kind of download it through the through the usb cord and then as soon as it became super easy just to to subscribe on the app um i was actually more starting i started like with comedy stuff so a lot of stand-up comics and things like that and I ended yeah. up just sort of like cracking up on the bus. I'd be like sitting there, everybody else is listening to their music and I'm laughing. I'm ear to ear. I'm grinning like a <laughs> jackass sitting on the bus. I'm like, well, that's good and everything. Maybe I'll save that for the car. Um, and then 
I think it was sometime around when Beyond had their their 300th episode, and I saw a video, and honestly, like, I was, they had me at, well, they had me at Beyond, when they had a whole room full of people, and Greg shouts out Beyond, and the whole room just screams Beyond, and I found that myself, again, smiling like an idiot. I didn't even know what was so i didn't get the whole beyond thing but the fact that there were like a room full of people i'm like this is a whole part of the world this is a whole thing that i didn't even know was out there and that kind of like notion always really intrigues me that there are things out there that i wasn't even aware of comic books is another kind of big thing that I would, I probably in another life was really into comics, but I don't know why. I just, I just haven't, but it, um, it's a whole other part of nerd culture that I just never got into, which is really strange. So this whole podcast but, thing is like a rabbit hole where it's just, it's never ending and I love every second of it. Right. There's just, like you said, there's so much content. You can't, you can't consume it all or else you'll be, you'll just be listening. <laughs> 36 hours a day but i'm just curious what what pot what kind of i know you like love listening to video game podcasts but what other types of um areas do you like to listen to it is mostly between video games and comedy stuff um i was listening to um oh i can't even remember the name of it now it's uh Freakonomics. I listened to that for quite a while. I listened to, it almost sounds uh, trite or stereotypical to say, but Serial is another one that I've been listening to. Um, Mark Merritt, I'm not sure if he would, like, he's technically comedy, but I kind of like how, I'm basically just ripping his format off. Mark Merritt's a, a comedian, um, mm-hmm. but he's sort of like, he's sort of self-acknowledged as a, he's kind of a mess. And he's kind of neurotic. He's got kind of like certain tendencies that he's fully aware of. And uh, he he kind of puts himself out there as a bit of a work in progress. And I really mm-hmm. admire that. I won't get too much into this part, but like mental wellness is really important for, for me there. Um, and so just him putting himself out there and just talking through some of the things that he goes through, but also with like a comedic voice is really interesting to me. So huh. um there's th- that's basically where I got the idea for again for this podcast. So it opens up with like kind of just me talking to the audience, and then I jump into this conversation, and then we close things off with me again, which is identical to what he does. And I I think that that's really kind of a, a neat take on or a neat alternative to uh, the three or four guys sitting around a table and and talking about the news. And I that was kind of the biggest thing for me is that I didn't you guys do that better than I ever could. Um, so I just wanted to do something a little bit different. And so, that's cool. yeah, like I, I kind of wanted to, I also would be kind of self-conscious if I did, I would end up recording a podcast like after your guys's and then go, okay, I actually really agree with Josh on this point, but how do I say it without like basically ripping off his points kind of <laughs> Copying thing? his, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I found, I find myself doing the same thing also. <laughs> like I can't really say that because, <laughs> you know, Colin said that or whatever, but. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good to be aware of it at least. You you see that a lot in yeah. in some Facebook groups. You kind of like seeing people post things that are basically regurgitations of somebody else's opinion and they don't really have the they don't actually feel that way. I think a lot of when somebody's offended, they're offended because they feel they should be because that's 
I don't know. Like, it, it's not really like, <laughs> especially in video games. I won't get into like any political stuff, but I think especially with like video games, when somebody's offended by something that Microsoft did or something that Sony did, it's like they didn't personally attack you. So, you, like, are you really mad about this? Yeah, the fanboy wars are strong <laughs> in those groups. <laughs> it's sure. Yeah, the internet has empowered. Uh, I think I'm gathering yes. we're sort of like around the same age where you're talking about uh, growing up with Super Nintendo and, and all of that stuff. Uh, it's basically yeah, just the well, playground amplified. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 31. So. Oh, bang on. Yeah, 84. <laughs> yep, you got it. Nice. Well, I think that that's probably like a, a podcast demographic, right? Um sometime born sometime in the 80s maybe a college education i don't know <laughs> there's probably yeah, some major science like around that. it <laughs> um okay i don't want to get we'll, we'll dive back out of the deep end here um i want to kind of know about the playstation enthusiast uh it's part of like this neat little it, i don't know if what the word is but it's, it looks like it's part of like this network of websites I thought that that was really exactly. awesome. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, cool. So what? Yeah, it's like an enthusiast network of websites. I think the main um, office is based out of Canada, but there's writers from all over the U.S. and Canada and all over the place. But yeah, it it just encompasses that whole enthusiast gaming that you know it's not like big corporate. You know, we write from passion. You know, just articles that we want and sort of like a Polygon or. Um, What's the other one? Oh, Kotaku. Other sites that, yeah, Kotaku, things like that. Um, yeah, it, I got through it because we actually had one of our guests, one of the PlayStation editors. He was a guest on our show, Brett Medlock. And, yeah, um, just later he was looking for, you know, additional writers that could hit the news and reviews and things like that. So I sent in a few reviews I wrote for um, another side actually as you know just saying hey i do this you know just check out my work and see if it's good enough <laughs> for what you want and yeah he's like oh yeah this is pretty good so i never thought of myself as really a great writer or anything or jumping back to podcasts i don't really think of myself as a great talker either which is funny because you know i've always been the shy introvert type of guy but now here i am you know, spilling my heart out <laughs> with podcasting, you know, who would ever think that? It just goes to show, hey, if you have a passion, go for it, guys. But yeah, it's it's been great because, like I said, it's, you know, another outlet for gaming. I, you know, I can write about, you know, my thoughts and opinions and write reviews. And yeah, it's it's been a great time. So take me back to like the first review and I'll give you a, a chance to sort of like think about it while, because I don't like to I don't want to put you on the spot too often here. So I wanted, I, mm-hmm. I want, I want to know about sort of like the beginning of, of writing about it. And I'll tell you a short story about when the very first time that I ever wrote anything gaming related. So when I was in, I was probably in late elementary, early junior high. And my dad got me a PC gamer magazine. Cause back in when I was younger, my parents didn't let us have consoles. I don't even know, really understand why they just, I, oh, wow. I think it was a cost thing. My dad worked for like a really small charity and my mom um, worked like was at home and they had four kids and we're in Canada where it's just ice and dog sleds. And so uh, <laughs> we didn't really like my, my neighbor was your James. My uh, we'll call him neighbor Matt. He had everything like right from the NES all the way up. And even like that he had the Sega when it came out and he had Game Gear and all this other stuff. So I was always into into games, but um my 
like personal gaming experience was sort of like limited to to PC gaming. So when everybody else was playing GoldenEye, I was playing like Half Life kind of thing. So yeah. So I was really into. I love the experience of getting a magazine every month, just kind of like stalking the mailbox. Um, not even really. I had no idea when it should have shown up. So like basically every day, uh, even after I got one, I was always checking it out. And so I, I learned early on that there were people who wrote about games. And I love the idea of kind of like breaking things out and looking at it sort of a little bit more like analytical or just just basically talking about it. And it wasn't long after that that I discovered IGN as a website, like way back in the day. And if, if anybody remembers IGN from the late 90s, mid to late 90s, it's a very different site than it is now. And oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's really when you kind of looked at it and went, wait, people are paid to write this stuff. And, and as you're reading it, you know, as, a, as an angry youth, you're not you're never agreeing with what anybody is saying they're obviously they obviously have no idea what they're talking about and i could clearly do better as a 13 year old kid who whatever i didn't know a thing and so (laughs) when i think it was around 12 or 13 years old i I had a pc gamer subscription i've been i've been reading ign for a little while and i tried to review some some pc game i think it was like rainbow six or something at the time and i got like three words in and i like it wasn't even writer's block because that would sort of mean that I had something to say. I had nothing. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know like what to even talk about. And so it's hard. It is. So I wanted to know like kind of, and obviously I love writing about games. Now I basically kind of like took that and a pause for about, I don't know, 16 years before I tried writing about games uh, again. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious as to, your kind of growth from I didn't even know I could write to now I'm actually on PlayStation enthusiast and I'm doing a a podcast. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, like you said, writing reviews is one of the toughest things for any, for a movie or video game. It's one of the hardest things only you probably have to devote more time into a video game because you're, you play, I've, I've written reviews for anything from like 80 hour, jrpg to like a two-hour you know just platformer and just finding the words and (laughs) knowing what to say and um you know just conveying your thoughts onto the page it's it can be difficult but you know it's just something you got to practice the more you practice the better you get at it and with writing news like i try to get a news article in one or two maybe a day and you know, just doing things like that, it just you sort of get into the flow of what how you communicate through the how your writing style is. And with the same thing with with reviews, I think the first game I wrote a review for was for Shante Risky's Revenge. I've never heard I don't of that. Know if you've ever played, yeah, it was for the DS, but then it was ported to the PS4. Actually, um, it's a it's a platformer. Um, pretty fun game i gave it a pretty good review but yeah it um like you said the first few times can be difficult but once you settle into it and just know you know what you're looking for in the review um the hardest one i ever wrote was probably metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain because you know you're jumping from all these indie type of games and then all of a sudden hey can you write this review for this you know potential game of the year candidate and they're like whoa um 
yeah sure <laughs> also potentially so, endless game yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> virtually <a> legendary yeah <laughs> so yeah so how did you tackle that one how did you kind of yeah. dig it dive into metal gear knowing all so metal gear is a special i love that this is something that you brought it because this is something that had a storied it's not a history it's like a prehistory it's like oh a, yeah like tons of stuff going around this game tons of no, the hype isn't even the word the kojima konami yes. <laughs> what's going on there yeah so how do you approach yeah. that as a well, review yeah for the review first of all you gotta know i i'm the one thing that i was going to mention is that i am not a good sleeper i have some insomnia <laughs> <laughs> at night so that i do most my of my gaming at question. night okay <laughs> right i maybe average i'd say Oh man, at the most five hours of sleep at night. So I'm up late. I mean, I throughout the day I made it priority to spend time with my kids and wife first. You know, when I get home from work, you know, I'll play games with you know Eli sometimes. We're actually playing Star Wars Battlefront. Nice. You know, yesterday a little bit. But um, yeah, I make a priority to spend time with them, and then once. You know, Erica goes to bed pretty early because she, you know, throughout the day she's taking care of things, taking care of the kids and whatnot. So then once they go to bed, I I usually go, I, I'm a runner, so I try to run and then I'll do my little workouts. And then from then on, I'm just gaming <laughs> the rest of the night. And that's when, you know, I'll be playing for like three, four hours a night, you know. I mean, you just got to find the time. And when I'm reviewing a game, as big as that you just gotta find time whenever and i mean there's and i you don't want it to be a chore either i think that's the problem too is that when it gets to become a chore you need to put something aside and say okay you know it has i want to get this out soon but you know you have to have the right mind frame or else the review isn't authentic i think that's something that goes way it's it's understated and not too many people are really aware of it until they actually not only about writing reviews but as you mentioned like under a deadline where you you ha- kind of have to get it out pretty quickly some some sites will have like a, a, a dead set deadline we the nerdy uh typically doesn't but there were mm-hmm. there were a few actually follow that's kind of how i did it there was a there was a drop deadline and then uh somebody sort of ignored wow. ignored that i was writing and they ended up writing their own review and it posted right before oh, mine which was actually <laughs> it actually turns out because i and i'll get back to that in a, a second take. yeah I'll, I'll i'll get back to my experience with with the review just after this but um yeah there's it's something that more people should be aware of that it's more than just what is your experience about the game it's about dealing with the timeline it's about spilling those thoughts onto paper and then actually formulating a, a it's almost like a story with a beginning middle and end that's uh, comprehensive and, and people can understand and it covers everything and is not too long and not too short. So from that standpoint, like, are you um, kind of settled into a good rhythm now? Um, and so Metal Gear wasn't as big a deal as maybe as daunting as it could have been? Yes, yeah. By that time, you know, you get nervous at first. You're like, okay, well, you're trying to learn the new format first. You know, what you have to, WordPrint is what we use. So WordPress, I mean. Right. Yeah, that's it. But um, yeah, it's you got to learn that format, and I'm pretty computer illiterate as it is. I'm a console gamer through and through. Yeah. So <laughs> learning my way around the computer and all that, you know, putting in the pictures, you have to do 
almost everything and yeah I had to learn through that all but once you get in the hang of it you know the more reviews you write and just more work you do that's that's what it's about and um, yeah I, I don't try to stress myself out too much like I try to keep it in range you know I, I won't review you know I may review two games at once you know and go between the two but I'll never do more than that at the time because it can be stressful and you want to make sure that what you're writing is authentic to, you know, the potential people are going to read your review mm-hmm. and understand it. So, yeah, you just got to balance everything. Nice. Uh, how about the actual, so you're playing through a game. Are you taking notes as you play or are you able to kind of like lock it in your brain of, um, I remember the story, I remember the pieces that I like about it. And then uh, with that in mind, like how specific do you tend to get in your reviews about, particular beats in the game that um like i I sometimes see some reviews that they'll list off like the number of modes and get very specific and granular do you kind of get down to that level or are you more like a high level this is um just the general sense of the game that i got with a few kind of uh snapshots of of your experience right i started i try to stay within the confines like you know the beginning middle end you know hit on all the major points you know i don't try to make it too wordy and you know confusing for the reader jumping around you know i stay concise to the points you know what what people are looking at in in the game mainly like metal gear solid you know they're going to want to know about the gameplay and the story elements and different beats like that you know you just got and you also can't spoil anything so you got to try to find ways to write around that too so that can be a challenge all of its own you're like i'm being purposely vague here but like trust me this is a a thing that you want to check out just wait until the end yeah right get there (laughs) (laughs) that's the hardest part but so are are you reviewing anything now are you kind of just playing for pleasure at the moment i'm actually reviewing rebel galaxy which i hope to have up in the next couple days i've spent a good amount of time on that it's I'll just give my early review. It's yeah, what is it? Checking out. It's a. It's weird because it's like there's not many games like this. It's you control like a space freighter, and you can arm it with turrets. You, um, there's shipping routes you can take. Um, there's a whole bunch of different things like quest lines, and the story is very. It's an open world like galaxy exploration game. Like oh, good you can lord! Work to different. Yeah, it's it's deep. <laughs> and that that took yeah, it's taking me a while to play through, but I'm enjoying it at least. So is you it know, kind of like yeah. a real time? I don't want to call it real time strategy. That implies kind of like StarCraft kind of thing. But is it is it strategy kind of thing? Like you're working out, just planning things out, or is it more adventure actiony? Yeah, it's it's a lot of it's adventure. Like okay, you get your ship, you get your quest. Like you can choose from, you know, going to the star system to retrieve this this mining source or whatever, or you can ship um, sources to other, you know, galaxies and whatnot, or you can just outfit your ship with all the most high tech weaponry and go on these raids. And you know, I mean, there's the it's really open the world and you can attack, you know, the actual good guys, they'll kill you because usually they're way overpowered, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's different. And the music is amazing too. It has like an old West type of (laughs) vibe, you know? Yeah. Like a firefly sort of deal in a way. It's, it's neat. 
I I'm having a hard time sort of like picturing this game. I'm picturing a, a PC kind of experience when you when you and talk about that's it. That's it. Yeah. It came to the PC first. It okay. came last year to the PC and it just came out this year for the PS4. And how do you find I'm gathering you didn't play the PC version. How is how is it playing? No. Sometimes that crossover doesn't really work out. Like sometimes you really need a keyboard and a mouse. That was always my argument yeah, as that's... a kid. Uh, you know, I always wanted the WASD controls for first person shooter, and I was like, this Golden Eye thing doesn't work. Like I want to play Half Life <laughs> with my work. mouse. It just has one analog stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, those yeah. were my fanboy wars back in the day. But yeah, how did this one cross over? I can imagine it being easier with a keyboard and mouse. I can see how that would work, but it actually transfers pretty well to a gamepad. I think they the developers made it a priority to make it so it was playable on the PC with a gamepad. But I can see how those extra options would really help out. For sure. Know. Is there any... This might be a bigger question than just this game, but I started thinking about like kind of a mouse and then also like a laptop touchpad. And then I jumped to the DualShock 4 with its touchpad. Do you think that there are games that should be taking advantage of that more? Or do you think that the, the, the that touchpad is a, how do you, I basically just am asking, how do you feel about the touchpad in general? I feel like there could be a lot more like, it's very underutilized in a lot of games, yeah. I feel, because there's different areas you can actually tap on the touchpad for different trigger commands, which some games ha actually use, but then others, it's just, you know, you can just tap on it in the middle and it'll do It's just do one whatever. giant button. Yeah, and I actually like the games that actually make it like, you know, tap the bottom right or top left, you know, different, different inputs. Right. And... I mean, um, I played Tearaway Unfolded, and it actually used the touchpad pretty awesomely, in my opinion. I never played it for the Vita, but I liked how they you could swipe across it. It seemed responsive, so... And I'm not into gimmicky controllers at all, but... Right. Yeah, it's something that they could, you know, work on a little bit more and see what they could fit into other games. Yeah, what am I... This is super nerdy to be even excited about this, but... That's the site that I work for, I guess. Uh, <laughs> when I was playing The Witcher, I realized that you could actually have a swipe motion that would bring you straight to the map rather than yeah. going through the menu. I love that. Like, I think that there needs to be way more. Metal Gear did, as you mentioned, uh, you could click the different corners of it. I think that, that people just yeah. sort of like just realize that there's more to the touchpad than maybe this is how you're going to type in your text. And yeah, I think that that holds a lot of opportunity that uh, it's unfortunate that at first it can be seen as a gimmick. And I'm sure that's why Xbox sort of skipped over that sort of input. But uh, I like it. I, so um, specifically now with this PC game that's been brought to the to the PlayStation, is there any sort of functionality that may have made, have transferred over from the PC to to PlayStation? And do you see that as something that could be done in the future? Like kind of like a touchpad as your... If you think about a laptop touchpad, is that something that could ever be done, or is that just stay away? Yeah, it just depends, because the way they use the touchpad in the game, you click it in, and it, you can scan things. You can rotate around your ship. It sort of pauses everything or slows down everything. So you can click on different things, and it'll give you a description, which is convenient. But, um, yeah, as far as I, I can see how, like, if you're using the computer, how it would be easier to get a 
to click on things and you know just all the button commands for firing different turrets because you have broadsides and you have a turret you I mean there's ships you can get that are so big that hold like 16 turrets <laughs> individual turrets so when you're trying to go around you know just using the four you know button pad and um what is that d-pad just trying to get around that the d-pad using switching weapons it can get a little hectic so um it would be interesting to play it on PC. Another game that I'm reviewing right now is actually the Banner Saga for the PS4. Oh, nice one. I, I, I had a chance to review it, but I gave, I was a nice guy, and I let somebody else take it this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Is it I'm, good? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good. I, it? That's another game that would be... I never played it on... Was it... Did it come for the iPad, was it? I think it's was on it iPad, iPad now, and I think it was also on. I think it was originally on PC, and I'm not sure when it came to iPad. Whether it was just recently yeah. or before, but yeah, I think it's a ten dollar iPad like, game, and then twenty dollars on on PSN. Okay, yeah, I, I was pretty sure about that, but I can see how using the iPad touchscreen would be really convenient, mm-hmm. and for the PS4, trying that there's no option to really use the touchpad in any significant way it was sort of a bummer um it can yeah i could see how it's better for a touchscreen i just pray that that's actually how i first the experienced vita. the walking dead games <laughs> I, oh yeah i played I it on my ipad on vita. i played or, it on my yeah. ipad yeah but i think vita would be perfect like as i was playing through it i'm like i you know, i was sort of at the tail end of playing games on my ipad i, I got one and i'm like i really wanted to experience all these things that were going on on ios and i I have a 3DS and I have a Vita, and that's kind of my handheld experience, and I'll, I'll play games kind of there. Um, but yeah. so the banner, how far into the banner saga are you? Are you kind of just getting started, or sorry, did you say that you had started? Yeah, I have started. I'm I'm about halfway through, and yeah, it it's a great game. I, I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, I can see how a touchpad will really help some of the inputs because there's a lot of things that go on, and as you get further into the story, just the amount of units you control and options you get it can get a little cumbersome you know mm. going between the d-pad and then the thumbsticks and but yeah i mean it's a beautiful looking game i i love the art style that's one thing that it has going for it and plus the strategy just overall solid we are as as of the day that we're recording we're 14 days into 2016 and already I'm feeling like I'm behind. Right. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even caught up from last year. <laughs> I know. I got most oh, of my crazy. 2015 games either for Christmas or right before. And so I sort of just like smashed through, I think, 12 games basically in December. I didn't finish all of them, but I got kind of far enough into them to be able to, to talk about game of the year kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So are these so the games that you're reviewing now are these assigned to you or are they kind of the ones that you get to pick to say like i want to play those anyway so i might as well write a review for for them well usually sometimes there's codes that are given out like we send out you know hey i write for this website you know can we you know in a polite way say can we have a review code you know to put up on our site lots of times we get responses back and you're like sure yeah here you go these two games i actually paid for myself so um, I said, hey, if you need a review written for these, I can go ahead and write a review. And it's like, sure, go ahead. So that's that's how pretty much works out. You nice. Know, we can send out our own invoices or maybe or our, our editor-in-chief, you know, sometimes he gets review codes and then say, hey, who wants this? And then, you know, you put in for it and can get it. 
the reason that I asked was uh, I was wondering if you ever had a, a time where you were playing something, say, maybe like Fallout or something like that. And you're, you're going along, you're loving it. And you're like, I don't want to play anything else. And then all of a sudden your editor comes in and says, okay, I need a review on X game. And it needs to be up by <laughs> whatever date. And you're like, ah, this is, I kind of just wanted to keep playing this as, or doing this as a hobby rather than having yeah. this designed to be kind of thing. Have you ever had anything <laughs> like that? Yeah, there's been a few instances where someone wouldn't want to take a game, and so I'm like, uh, sure, I'll, you know, I'll check it out. And then actually, it being a good game, which is, <laughs> which is a great surprise. But when you re- when I review a game, I usually needs a palate cleanser. Sometimes if I'm playing something too much, like I said, it you aren't able to express the things you want to say adequately. So you know that that was a big thing with Fallout Four. I would play that, and then I had some type of indie game I was playing. So I'd play the indie game, then I'd go back to Fallout 4, and, you know, go from the bigger experience to something a little more light, and it worked out pretty well. What a perfect example of a game that you would definitely need a, a palate cleanser of some sort, either within your own, the one playthrough or especially after you quote-unquote finish it, because I don't think you ever actually finish Fallout 4. You just sort of, like, <laughs> choose to walk away, you know? Um and that's a game I would still love to finish, though. <laughs> there's I there's so, just too much. Yeah. I I didn't have... So I ruined the experience for myself, I think. And, and the way that I did that was trying to, to go for the Platinum. Uh, so oh, I, man. I was following... It's actually not that intense, but I kind of warn anybody out there who is going through the same idea that you want a Platinum Fallout. If this might just be me too. This might be kind of one of my own weird things. Um, and I'm wondering if... Do you platinum? Do you like ever go after platinum trophies? Rarely. Yeah. I think I have like five maybe. <laughs> oh, then you got one more than me. Uh, I think that... Oh, okay. Yeah, I, got, I have four. My first one was Rayman Origins, I think. And my most recent one was Rocket League. So very, very light games. Um, oh, such a great game. Oh, man, that was my number two for Game of the Year this year was rocket league oh yeah totally deserving <laughs> oh yeah and it's one of those where if it was a, a retail game i never would have picked it up off the shelf and if it wasn't free i probably wouldn't have played it at all uh but the way that right. sony kind of released that was just so perfect it got such a giant community right at the start it didn't even matter that the servers were broken so it was i love that game and i <laughs> i just like before i knew it i had collected pretty much everything there was um so yeah, there's a was it which tangent should I go back to? When I was playing Fallout, I was going for the platinum, uh, and just trying to kind of like plot out what you're going to do next based on kind of time efficiency. You become kind of like a servant to the, either the platinum or the game itself, and I found myself making decisions or playing the game in a way that wasn't like. I was no longer in the game. I was just sort of like putting in my time. So the first kind of faction that I teamed up with wasn't the one that I mentally aligned with or that I morally aligned with. And my experience was sort of ruined from there. Uh, I ended up getting two of the three endings that I think that you need to get for the Platinum. And I, at that time, uh, just sort of like walked away and, and went, went on to the next thing. So I'm not sure that I'll go back. I, I still have one more ending and I have to get the benevolent leader trophy to get that platinum. And so I've not, I'm at a place where I'm like, I'm not really sure. Uh, I have so many, 
so many games that have come out since and so many more that are coming out and just this week gone home came out on console uh, another right, pc yeah. game is that something that that you've played yet or is that is that kind of within your wheelhouse of a two-hour experience as somebody with kids a job uh, you've probably got some sort of like side blacksmithing job you're probably like a part-time engineer as well it seems like you have like a thousand <laughs> things going on oh, and yeah. all these such a talented dude um yeah is that is it something like a gone home or a two-hour walking simulator kind of something that you enjoy or found to like in the last little while no, I would love to play Gone Home. But yeah, like I said, it was a choice between the Banner Saga or that. And I oh, chose okay. Banner Saga. Because I've, I've been looking forward to playing that game for quite a while. So, But yeah, it's a game I would really love. I love adventure games. The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Um, Soma. That was that was oh, a nice. great surprise last year. But yeah, I... I would love to play it at some point. I don't, <laughs> I don't exactly know when, but we'll see. <laughs> do you, Do you ever set um, New Year's resolutions for yourself, uh, whether outside of gaming or within gaming? Do you kind of go, "This is an idea of what 2016 has in store"? Um, what are you thinking? Well, what I should a goal I should set is say, "Okay, I'm not purchasing anything else until I finish all these big releases from the <laughs> previous year." <laughs> I would save myself so much more much money, but well, we're a society that wants the newest, you know, greatest thing. And, you know, having a podcast, you sort of have to be playing what's current. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of those games I don't see myself really maybe dib- dabbling in a little bit from here here and there. But, yeah, it's it's tough. <laughs> Is there anything that kind of strikes you as I can't wait to play that um, in the upcoming months here? Mm. Well, Dark Souls Three. Oh, if, okay. if you listen to the park, if you listen yep. to our podcast, you know that I'm a big Souls mm-hmm. fan. Bloodborne, easily game of the year. That was my number year. one. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I read your list too. That was oh, a thanks, great man. list. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, I I cannot wait for Dark Souls Three. That's my most anticipated for next year, which some people think is crazy, but I just love those games so much. And well, Bloodborne was the gateway drug for me. So now I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check them all out. Cause it was, it was something that yeah. it was too scary for me to jump into before. And then everybody started really liking Bloodborne. It came out at an absolutely perfect time to get like, same thing with rocket league. Like that's really where Sony is. I don't know how much of the, the company themselves or, or if it's a developer thing where they just plotted out 2015 perfectly they had the releases at the exact time that they needed them that served them the best it could be argued that the order came out at the best time because it was like they weren't relying on the order it kind of did its thing and it went away and nobody really thought about it and then bloodborne came out and nobody remembered that the order was a thing so yeah bloodborne Bloodborne, for me was amazing game amazing yeah It, it opened up a lot of people to what the souls games are about and it's surprising how much of a rift it had <laughs> with everybody that experienced it like you know I, I wouldn't think i'd like these games but man <laughs> it's been a great experience that was sort of it for me when i when i was determining what was going to be my number one game and it it's not something that when i when i pick a game of the years i'm not thinking about what am i going to tell my my brother-in-law who sort of plays games but not really um what i think he should play that's not really what a game of the year I think is and like I mentioned like 
Bloodborne was the gateway drug for the for the next Souls games, or even to go back and discover what else I've been missing all along. And that is such a yeah. profound thing that I didn't. It's hard to say because I've already played Fallout Three, but Fallout Four I don't think would have done that for me to to make me go back and find out what I had been missing in Fallout Three, just because as I know now they're they're a little too similar. Um, but Bloodborne is like a whole new. I don't know if it's a genre necessarily, but it's definitely like a like a subgenre of game that I didn't even know existed. It kind of confirmed that you're 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 capable of overcoming something that the internet has kind of a, has said is next to impossible. And so, not only is the game itself difficult, but it's sort of universally recognized as hard. So when you go ahead and actually kill one of those bosses, it's just like it's like nothing else. I my hands are so yeah. sweaty when I play the game, and it has such style and confidence to it that I just think oh, the people style. should experience it. You know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you said, when you first take on the vice, you're like yelling at the TV, like "Come on, come on!" It's there, and then this lever of health, and then you take it out, and you're just like, "Oh, palms all sweaty." You hit it right on the head there, and it's a cool because that game also it takes you back to a time when you needed to you know, plot out points and communicate with other people to see, hey, did you find this thing here? And like, no, I didn't even know that was there. And yeah. Like you talk <laughs> to this. It's really awesome. Talk to a woman in the window and she puts you on this weird side quest that you would never know. You could um, right. ring a, a music box over one of the bosses and then he gets stunned and that makes it way easier. And then you got to Yeah. Like, yeah. I missed that the first time around too. And I was like, huh. <laughs> Those things. It's, yeah. I mean, I could go on special. and on. <laughs> it's definitely yeah, it, a special it, it, game. Yep. Um, okay, so coming up on a bit of on an hour here, and I just I'll close out in just a second. Uh, remind me, where can people find you on the internet, on the Twitters and such? Okay, well, you can find Life of Gaming Podcast at, at Life of Gaming Pod on Twitter. I'm at minus the Brant on Twitter. And you can look me up at Josh Brand on Facebook. You can find our podcast, Life of Gaming Podcast, on Facebook. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, probably any other um, podcast service you can think of we're on. And I write for the PlayStationEnthusiast.com, and we actually started a new podcast. Yeah, more things to get into now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Overburdening myself. But yeah, we started a new podcast, which we're looking to do bi-weekly as well. So... Yeah, if you have a chance, just check it out. I love it. Well, thank you so much, man, for taking the time. It just totally flew by. There's things I wanted to get to, but maybe another time. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Anytime you need anybody, and I hope we can have you on this on the show sometime, Sean. That would be great. Oh, well, there you have it. What a great episode and probably the internet's sweetest dude. I just had an absolute blast talking with Josh Brandt from Life of Gaming and PlayStation Enthusiast. Uh, we placed, we recorded this last week and I've been itching to get this out to everyone. So huge thanks again to Josh and for giving me some time for this upcoming week. I think I'm going to dive into just a little bit of Splatoon and maybe give Metal Gear Solid a little bit of my attention. But uh, be sure to... Let me know what you guys are playing out there. I'm at Sean Capri. That's Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. And um, if you like this podcast, hit subscribe, tell a friend, find me on Twitter, and just let me know if you like it, good or bad. 
Just remember, WeTheNerdy.com hosts this beautiful community podcast, so be sure to go there every day for video game reviews and opinion pieces. Uh, Otherwise, that's episode 14 in the books. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week.